Good to go. DC Podcast, episode number 1042. We're back. Yeah, welcome to another episode. I'm Russell. I'm Sean. And if you don't want to abbreviate it, what are we also called? Defend and Confirm. That's right. Based off of the scripture? The scripture? Philippians 1-7? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So we defend the gospel, we confirm the gospel, and uh, we are taking a break from our series on prosperity theology. Yeah. Uh, which is unusual. We like to stick to schedules and yeah, we don't like change. We're like yeah. old men. But, but ooh, jinx. We have uh, some some stuff to talk about. Yeah, this last weekend we went to a pro-abortion rally here in Alabama. Yep. And I think it just kind of refreshed in our minds some of the really bad ways that people try to defend their right to kill babies. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just while it's fresh on our mind, let's just go ahead and do another episode and, and, and maybe help some of our viewers think, think more clearly about these things, especially as, as it's, this abortion conversation is once again right. ramping up and heating up on well, the political and, scene. And things change. So the arguments for why you should be allowed to have an abortion in 1995 yeah. are now different yeah. than they are in 2019. Yeah, even the language. I mean, it used to be safe, rare, and... Uh, legal, right? Right. And now it's, it's a clump of cells. Yeah. It's not a human. And now yeah. biologically, we know that's just not true. We have Alabama state representatives who are saying, yeah, it's a human. Kill it now or kill it later. Right. So we, okay. so we have to adapt. Um, sure. We've learned some things about this and we've experienced some things about this that we want to talk about. Okay. So the Alabama abortion ban bill, it's not actually what it's called. The I ABBB. I don't, no one remembers the actual name okay. of the bill. Um, but essentially, that got a lot of people upset yeah. um, because it bans abortions yeah. and it's been signed into law. And so we had the My Body, My Choice rally gathered together in, in North Alabama here. And we went um, and I was, we've both interacted with a lot of people before who disagree with us on this. Yeah. And I was just really uh, strongly reminded of, of some of the characteristics of the pro-abortion, pro-choice side yeah. that if you're going to engage with anybody and try and you know change their heart and mind on this subject, you need to be aware of these things. Okay. So some of the, some of the, and I guess we could say the anatomy of this way of thinking, Yeah. Uh, no pun intended there. Uh, the rules, the rules of engagement for this crowd. Uh, yeah. Number one, don't ever, this is them. Okay. They would say, don't ever think too deeply about what's actually happening in an abortion. Mm, just go with what you feel to be right. Yeah. Don't, don't think hard about it. Don't dwell on it. Don't face the facts, those biological realities that we know occur when an abortion occurs. Yeah. Just kind of stay away from that. Yeah. At, at, at the cost of even like looking kind of absurd in conversation. Okay. You're just being unwilling to address that. I, I, I've used this as illustration you know, you have the two magnets, and if you put the poles of the magnets that are the same together, the magnet pushes away. Like, it just can't be together. Yeah. That's the kind of reaction we see when we when we press individuals to actually think about and talk about what's happening in an abortion in the womb. Okay, so give me an example from maybe what we saw this weekend. Okay, so we would walk someone through and say, what's in a woman's womb? What's, yeah. what's going on there? And, you know, biologically, it is a human child yeah. that is in a lesser stage of development, perhaps, than a child that's been born. Sure. But it is still human. Yeah. It's a species distinction. It's not a goat. Uh, we would say that it is alive mm -hmm. because biologically speaking, it absolutely is. And we would say it has his or her own body. Yeah. And so we would walk through that and then say, now, what do you think uh, about a woman killing that human life in her right. body? And we would hear, well, it's just a fetus. Right. It's an embryo. It's not a human. It's a fetus or an embryo or in many cases, a parasite. Yeah. So what we see is an agreement biologically about the facts 
but they refuse to use the same language yeah. because they want to use a a Latin term like fetus yeah. that creates sort of a sterile medical veneer yeah. that allows them to talk about killing yeah. the child in the womb without saying killing a child in the womb. They yeah, don't want, it's they don't less want to morally it. charged language. Exactly. When we say child, we automatically know we're talking about something evil. Right. When you say fetus, well, now the lines are a little bit blurry. Right. So yeah. it's using language to distance and it's, it's just incessantly avoiding that subject. You know, when we hear the mantra from this rally was my body, my choice. Mm. And, uh, you know, this kind of gets into our next point here. Um, that point is when, when possible, obfuscate. That's their that's their tactic. Yeah, when possible, so obfuscate. When, when we address the issue of abortion, yeah. obfuscate the issue as much as possible. Now, obfuscate means to only eat carbohydrates before 9 p.m. Is that right? <laughs> Obfuscation is what you do after eating a bunch of carbohydrates. At 9 p.m. At 9 p.m. Okay. So now, obfuscate just means to cloud or confuse or to create confusion about an issue. Okay. Uh, it's the opposite of clarity. So if I'm trying to make something clear, I'm going to use precise language sure. that addresses the reality of what I'm talking about. It's like any time you hear a politician talk. <laughs> okay. Obfuscation is I'm going to talk around the issue. Yeah. I'm going to use language that actually confuses what I'm really trying to say or what we're actually talking about, um, and it reduces the clarity. Yeah. Well, you know, I was I wasn't really joking. Yeah. Anytime you hear a politician talk. Right. Right. Well, okay. So the my body, my choice is an example of that kind of obfuscation. Okay. So my body, my choice. That that sounds good. Mm. That sounds like uh, you are agreeing with the the freedom and the right to do what you want with yourself, yeah. your, your, your basic autonomy, sort of the autonomy that we would recognize as part of the, you know, the American vision for liberty. Yeah. However, and we would agree with that. Yeah. We would agree with that. Yeah. We don't want you to, we don't want you to do anything with your body that you don't want to do. However, is mm -hmm. that what abortion is? No. Yeah. So the answer is no, because abortion is not about what you can and can't do with your body. It's about what you can or can't do to someone else's body. Even if it's a really tiny little body That's right. connected to your body. That human child developing in his or her mother's womb has his or her own body. And so yeah. it's a fundamentally different issue. Wait, but we in his mother or father's womb. <laughs> 2019. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. So... It's a fundamentally different moral question. Yeah. But we can't even debate that question if the mantra being said is off point so much that we're not even talking about the same thing. Right. And that kind of obfuscation makes conversation really difficult. Yeah. So um, half the battle is just trying to make sure that the language you're using, the language that I'm using, we're, we're on the same page. That's right. We're using the same words to talk about the same reality. And honestly, brother, as I was uh, having conversations and, and watching you, it seemed like 75% of the time we were just trying to work around these obf obfuscations, the, these these words right. that aren't used properly, the slogans that don't really mean anything. We're trying to pin people down long enough yeah. to get them to recognize the reality of what's happening so that we can use that little opening, that break in their conscience, hopefully, to affect heart change. You know what this reminds me of? And this is going to be an illustration that maybe only a few of our listeners will appreciate. Maybe none of them. These are some of the best ones. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, it really reminds me of jujitsu position before submission, right? Ooh. We have to get people just to stop moving. I have to get you pinned down before I can even think about submitting you. 
a rookie, they go in there and they just go straight for the choke or straight for the arm. But if you don't control the body, then That's right. yeah. So same thing. I appreciate that. That's illustration. actually a great illustration. So if you don't know what that means, go Google Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yes. Google Russell Berger Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> Do you have any videos online? Probably not. Okay. Um, all right. So another good example of this, and this is actually one that's growing in popularity. Okay. I don't remember hearing this five years ago. I do hear it all the time now. And that is that you and I, as as pro-life advocates, we want to force women to have babies. Mm. We want forced pregnancy. Yeah. And again, what we have here is obfuscation. Yeah. And it's using the logical inversion of, of a concept to talk around it. Okay. So for, force sounds bad. Right. Anytime you say you're forcing people to do something, well, that's negative. Unless we're talking about healthcare, then it's positive. <laughs> right. Okay, go ahead. So that negative connotation is sort of propping them up to have a, have the moral high ground in the yeah. conversation. Yeah. But if you if you just flip that logic, invert yeah. that logic, what what we're actually saying is, saying a woman is forced to have her baby is the same thing. It's the equivalent of saying a woman is not allowed to kill her unborn baby. Right. And so when we frame that the right way, it becomes clear what we're actually talking about. Yeah. Um, and they don't want to address that. Yeah. If you get pregnant and I say you can't kill your baby, I'm in no way forcing you to do anything. I'm That's just right. allowing the natural course of events yeah. to yeah run their course. We are saying that ultimately we don't believe women should have the freedom to murder their way yeah. out of what in many cases is their the, the consequences of their own fornication. Yeah. And so when you flip that around and put the word force in it, you can make it sound like you're the victim. Yeah. Uh, when in reality, you're advocating a position that's that's incredibly unjust to the real victim. Yeah, that's right. So um, moving right along, and we'll get to the end of this here and talk a little bit about apologetic method. How do we address some of these sure. things? Um, the third sort of uh, piece of this anatomy of the pro-abortion view uh, is whenever possible, charge hypocrisy against the pro-life side. Okay. Like at any turn. So we don't adopt enough babies. Right. We don't actually care for single mothers. Yep. Yeah. You're not pro-life because what about the life of that woman who's now going to have a parasite in her and have to pay for it when it's yeah. born? Now you're going to talk about how that's a logical fallacy. Absolutely. But let me just go ahead and talk about the fact that that's just, it's just not true. Oh yeah. Right. So it's a logical fallacy, but more than anything, the most kind, caring, compassionate people that I know, the ones who... Just yesterday in Walmart, I saw a guy in town, a, a Christian brother, who just spent $6,000 to care for a kid that came into his sphere of influence that he had no obligation to, but he gave up a ton of money to love. And it's just everywhere I go, everyone I talk to, they're always helping single moms. They're always trying to adopt. They're always fostering. And these so, are pro-life, pro-life Christian people. Christian people, people yeah. yeah. So it's just not true. Yeah. But... Well, I mean, look at Alabama. Alabama just had record numbers of foster care adoption. Yeah. At the same point in time, they're setting records on how will, far they're willing to go against abortion in the legal system. Yeah, the two really do go hand in it's hand. It's not a coincidence. Yeah. So, yeah, third point, this this hypocrisy charge. Basically, what this is, is, is it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. If you press on someone who's trying to defend abortion and you push past this obfuscation and this this uh, talking around the issue, and when you when you do that, you realize there's really nothing else there. Yeah. They defend by turning back on you and saying, well, you're not consistent with your pro-life views. Yeah. You don't live out the implications of your views in, in daily life. And like you said, not only is it not true, but it's really just an attempt for them to, to drag you down into the darkness with them. And That's say, right. you're just like me. You don't care about life either. We're all the same. Quit. Yeah. And I think a large part of that is they feel 
the shame. Mm. They feel the shame of being forced to recognize that they are literally arguing for the most innocent and voiceless human beings in society to be killed. Yeah. And so they want to point that back at somebody else. Yeah. You know, I don't know any time you, you interact with somebody who um, gets emotional. I, I think about kids. Yeah. You know, if I tell my kids they did something wrong, the first thing out of their mouth is, well, my brother did it too. Yeah. My sister did it too. Yeah. It's the same thing. And, you know, with if you've ever been in an unhealthy relationship or you've tried to shepherd some unhealthy sheep in the church, if you point out uh, an issue in their life, the first thing that they do is try to point back at you. Right. Right. And so, it's, I mean, the overall message that we're, we're saying here is that we're not forcing women to do anything. Um, it's not your body. Uh, we're not uh, inconsistent because we don't think anyone should be killed unjustly. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're saying that basically don't ga- engage in sexual intercourse unless you are prepared and willing to care for whatever children might come from that. Yeah, that's right. And that is not a new idea. It's not a novel idea. No. Um, it's a very simple idea. Yeah, that's right. So how do we... Wait, real quick. Yeah. One of the, You're talking about new and novel. One of the things that really struck me the other day after our time at that rally was how um, how how barbaric abortion is. Mm. And the thing that's so interesting is is the, the irony that so many pro-choice people think that they are so evolved, they think that they are so forward and progressive thinking, but really this is just a sterilized version of a woman 2,000 years ago in Rome giving birth to a baby and allowing that baby to be left out in the cold to die. Yes. You know, uh, even for like Down syndrome, I mean, think about it, okay? The baby might have Down syndrome, so we're going to abort it. It's literally the same thing as a 1,000 years ago, you give birth to a child who's deformed and you take it and you just go let it die in the woods. The Greeks did it, the Romans did it. It's just so barbaric, yeah. but it make, but because we say fetus, right. because we do it in a doctor's office, we feel clean. Yes, yeah. that's right. Push, okay. push the reality farther away with words and terms that make it sound less human. Yeah, that's right. So how do we, how do we interact with people who disagree with us on this? Uh, yeah, well, how do yeah. we? <laughs> What's our apologetic strategy here? For you? Uh, one of the guys who came out with us on Sunday asked me that question. How, how do we develop a strategy for engaging people like this? And I think the first distinction we need to make is the difference between talking to somebody with a beer in her hand at a rally mm-hmm. and somebody who's walking into an abortion clinic yeah. is a very different scenario. Or a woman walking into your church or That's a family right. member. Yeah, yeah. I, I am pregnant. I don't think I want to keep the baby. That conversation is going to be handled differently than some guy at an abortion clinic who's making big, broad, philosophical arguments yeah. for, for killing certain classes of human beings. Absolutely. And yeah. so you, you got you to gotta use some, some context cues there. Sure. Uh, when talking with, like we did at the rally, just the average person who's just trying to defend this view, yeah. not in any imminent threat to a child in her womb, yeah. uh, I think it's really important to do what we just talked about, which is, which is pin them down break down the the charade of 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 phrases and slogans and mantras that don't really defend anything yeah point out what's really going on and then in some ways we're kind of trying to kindle a little fire yeah there. we're trying to get them to feel the pressure of addressing the reality of abortion mm. feel the conviction of guilt that they'll feel the shame they may feel when they're when they recognize yeah i guess i am talking about killing human life yeah and then the worst thing you can do is leave it there mm. We don't want to make people, you know, face the reality of abortion, get them angry and upset, and then tell them now go vote differently. Right. We right. want people to actually have their hearts changed. Right. Um, that's not easy to do. That segue can be challenging. Yeah. 
but it's really important. Segwaying into the gospel. That's right. Brother, I had, uh, so as you started your fire at the thing, you know, I'm picking people off from outside of the edges of the crowd and having personal conversations. And when we sat around uh, our burger and fries afterwards, me, you, and the group that we were with, and we kind of reviewed how things went, one of the things that I confessed was I was kind of bummed at how I wasn't able to get to the gospel as much as I should have. Yeah. You know, now that doesn't mean I think that was a failed conversation. Right. But it does mean it didn't go as well as it, as it could have. Well, and it's, it's a little different than having Jehovah's Witnesses come knock on your door. Yeah, that's right. So, so one of the ways I've found that's really effective for getting there is to take a sort of presuppositional approach, which is to say, point out to the person you're talking to that they do care about all human life mm. and they believe all human life is valuable yeah and, and if you ask them that almost all of them will say well of course you know when they're charging you with being a hypocrite for not caring for foster kids they're showing that they have a concern for foster yeah. kids and they will readily recognize the value and dignity that all human life has they're just making one exception yeah and that exception is logically a fallacy of special pleading and so when you point that out and say look you already recognize human life has value why yeah. It's because God created us in his image and you are ultimately not just hurting a child, you're rebelling against God. Mm. And so I don't want you to vote differently. I don't want to just change your mind on a political issue. I want your heart to change. And that begins with ending this rebellion, with yeah. trusting in Jesus Christ and turning from this. And I want to offer you that as a way to fix this inconsistency that I yeah. pointed out. Yeah. Were you able to get there this weekend? Uh, I did with two people. Out of? Out of probably five. Okay. So there were but there were three that I just didn't get there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was able to talk about the Imago Dei, but I didn't get to a full gospel yeah. presentation for whatever reason. Yeah. It's tough. And, you know, I mean, we're sharing this with you guys because I think sometimes when you, when you look at uh, people who are apologists who do podcasts, you get the impression that like, man, that guy probably does everything right all the time. And, and really when you watch videos of them, it looks like they do. Right. So we're kind of like your average apologist podcaster guys. You know, we're not James White. Who's the other guy? Jeff, Jeff Durbin. Yeah. For many reasons, we're not Jeff Durbin, but you know, I mean, we're, we, we don't get it right all the time, but that should be an encouragement to you because I think even a lot of the people who came with us, they were like, Oh, okay. I know I can't do what Russell did, but I can do something. That's and, right. and that that's the most important thing is that you're moving in a direction towards faithfulness. I, I don't know who coined the term, but you're, you're failing forward. Yes. You know, you, yeah. you may not get that gospel presentation every time. You may not have every good argument laid out, but the fact that you're willing and trying to have that conversation and your, your intent is to move towards the gospel, that's not enough, but it's a good place to start. That's right. Yeah. You got anything you want to add to this? Um... I think I just want to warn people uh, to be careful in, in the way that they have these conversations. Don't be like the world. Mm -hmm. uh, have If you have anger, make sure it's godly anger. Mm -hmm. um, remember when you contend for the faith to do so with gentleness and love and patience. Uh, Paul tells Timothy to, to correct his opponents uh, with meekness. Mm -hmm. And meekness doesn't mean like, Oh, I'm wilting like a flower and meekness means to find the mean it's to be measured not not overly angry and and not having an absence of anger when anger is appropriate it's to be measured and controlled mm -hmm. uh, there's something else I was going to say about this but I don't remember well one thing I'll add and I think this is a helpful mindset to take with you when you do this kind of interaction is remember that you know fundamentally we are arguing for the value and dignity of human life yeah. as as image bearers of God. Yeah. Just remember the person who is spitting in your face, yelling at you, mm. screaming, is that same life. Yeah. 
So it can be difficult, but you need to treat the person you're engaging with with the same view as you would treat an unborn child. Yeah. Despite yeah. You know, wh whatever you may disagree about there. I think Jesus said something about loving your enemies. Uh, I don't think that's in the Bible. Okay. Well, <laughs> they are in a very real sense our enemies, you know. So, uh, oh, I guess one more thing since we're just doing this kind yeah, of off the cuff things. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions that I asked people at the rally this weekend. Uh, so again, different approaches, Russell, you're like pinning people down. I'm picking them off and having more one-on-one -on -one fireside chats. Mm -hmm. We're roasting marshmallows. So you, you're into killing babies. Okay. Well, uh, I'm not, let's talk about it. Uh, one of the things that I tried to end with was, um, you know, if we're wrong, mm. we're guilty. If we're wrong, the pro-life side, if we're wrong, we're, we're guilty of trying to uh, oppress women, control their bodies, take away their rights. But if you're wrong and you are killing babies, I cannot think of a worse injustice to be guilty of, right? Maybe killing God's people. Yeah. But I mean, so, and I would just try to leave that with them. Yeah. Like, like, I know you're not going to say you agree with me right here, right now, but as you go down and lay your head on the pillow tonight, maybe just consider what if I'm wrong? What if I'm advocating for the murder of mm. babies? And you're not saying that we have any doubt that we're wrong. You're stepping no. into their shoes. <laughs> right. And from their point of view, you're assuming they have some uncertainty because many of them do. Oh, sure. They, they're still of a conscience. It's marred. Exactly. It's seared, but it's right. still there. And so you're counting on planting that seed of doubt and God working on their conscience to expose that. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm praying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not good. sure I'm counting on it. Well, you know what I mean? Hard hearts I think it's. Stuff. I think it's good, though. Yeah, that's, that's a right. good strategy. All right. Well, good, good episode, brother. Yeah. I'm glad that we uh, got this one out and we will be back with more prosperity gospel stuff uh in the next many weeks that's right if you have more questions on this subject or on the prosperity theology hit us on facebook uh twitter or instagram uh, though i can't remember the last time i updated instagram it's bad and uh yeah ask those questions and if you want to see more of the on the interviews the on the street interviews that we did the evangelism we did at the abortion rally let us know that's something we can do more of yeah I, lord willing we'll be able to do more of yep. and uh thanks for listening yep we love you <laughs>